Are you are you set? Are you ready to to do this, I guess? I am ready to switch on. Okay. All right. It's Super Podcast time. ファンの Hey guys, welcome back to another Android-erific episode of Toku Thursdays. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Derek, Derek WC. I'm going to be one of your hosts tonight. And I am not alone tonight. I'm joined by one of my fellow fan holes. Why don't you give a shout-out and let everybody know who's here tonight? Hey, this is Justin. And we are back again. We're doing our regularly continued coverage of the television series, the Tokusatsu Android Kikaida. And we're on episode 14, which is titled Silver Tortoise Destructoids Reborn. And of course, the long-winded Japanese Wikipedia title is The Demonic Silver Tortoise Beckons Three Monsters. So yeah, we got that. And that was originally broadcast October 14th, 1972. I guess when it aired up here in San Francisco, that was July 16th, 2005. And again, I guess, I guess I haven't had a chance to talk about this on the show, but I think, I think I mentioned this to you before, but since, since we haven't discussed it on air, we probably should. So uh, a lot of these synopses, these, uh, I guess, high level synopses, and then, you know, some of these factoids and everything are written by Tokusatsu expert extraordinaire. It's August Ragone. I, I probably am guilty of this, but I remember seeing in some Facebook conversations, you know, he commented on how people frequently mispronounce his name and everything. So I'm pretty sure I was guilty of that too. And I mentioned that, but I figure since now I know I will correct it moving forward from here on out when we mention him. So the, the factoids that, that Justin typically reviews with me here on these episodes and reads off and, and some of the short, you know, one, two sentence you know, high-level synopses that come from, like, the, the DVD and everything. Those are written by August Ragone. So I'll, I'll just go ahead and correct that now. And so the, the high-level synopsis written by August Ragone is Professor Gill revives the 13 Destructoids defeated by Kikaida and gives them three times their original power in order to test them against Silver Tortoise. And the kind of nitty-gritty here, we open up on the local police, who are quite disturbed to see an unidentified flying object in the middle of the night sky. They take cover behind a squad car, and they open fire on what 
appears to be a flying tortoise shell a la Gamera. The barrage of gunfire has no effect on the being who identifies himself as Silver Tortoise. Silver Tortoise fires a gas bomb on the police, leaving them in disarray. A benchmark in the series Silver Tortoise is identified as the first in a new generation of new Dark Destructoids. This is because he is the first of the Destructoids not created under the forced labor of Dr. Komyoji. Since the original gang of 13 Dark Destructoids were defeated by Kakaida, the new wave of Destructoids are 10 times stronger than the previous android monsters and built by other scientists cooperating with or forced by Professor Gill. So we've got Masaru and Mitsuko sitting together. They're eating rice balls outdoors, and Mitsuko laments, wondering how much longer are they going to have to live on the run? Masaru stops her from being on the verge of tears, and they both renew their drive to continue the search for their amnesiac father, Dr. Komoji, and complete Jiro's conscious circuit. Just then, Masaru spies Hanpin's green VW bug of love on the move. Silver Tortoise is in hot pursuit, and Hattori Hanpei screams out for him to go away and, and stop following him. Silver Tortoise somehow is able to reverse the course of Hattori Hanpei's car, bringing it in close for a tortoise gas bomb attack. As Silver Tortoise laughs and flies off after like, kind of farting on the, the VW bug, Hattori is overjoyed to find himself still alive. Then, dude, dude goes back into his car, and, and, and he starts doing the car kink again, and he starts kissing the damn steering wheel. So, we're not over this, we got, we got more car kink in the future with Hattori Hanpei. As Masaru and Masuko arrive on the scene, Hattori gives them a story about how he was following this suspicious flying saucer. While Masaru questions the veracity of said story, Hattori vows to chase after the flying saucer. Mitsuko says that finding their father is more important, and Masaru says Hattori can chase after the saucer all on his own. The car then starts on its own, driving off by itself, Freddy Krueger style, with Hanpei inside. I feel like the Queen song, I'm in love with my car, was written for Hattori Hanpei at this point. <laughs> yeah, it's so, I'm like, I'm like, I thought, I was like, I thought we were done with this, but no. Like, I wonder if there's like, there's gotta be, there's gotta be some kind of word for that, right? Like, 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 I don't, I don't know what it is, but I bet you, I bet you there's some kind of, uh, there's some kind of, description that describes the the fetish that, that Hattori Hanpei has, but I don't know what it is. This Gang of Thirteen, the first Thirteen Destructoids, are brought back to life in this episode. Not to challenge Kikaida, but to engage in combat to see who is fit to fight under the command of Silver Tortoise. It would have made more sense to have all Thirteen Destructoids attack Kikaida, but the series would have ended there. Stupid Dark Destructoids. <laughs> This Destroy All Monsters setting was first hinted at in episode 37 of Ultraman, but established as an event in such Toei Tokusatsu series as Captain Ultra and Giant Robo. This event style of episode was brought back for episode 13 of Kamen Rider 
Tokogeron and the Mutant Army. In Japan, television series are blocked in groups of 13, otherwise known as cores, which allows the networks to gauge if the series will be extended or cancelled after a certain cores. If you notice, most Japanese tokusatsu series run in blocks of 13, in which story arcs and characters can change. Some shows span 13, 26, 39, or 52 episode runs. So we've got a group of dark destructoid foot soldiers outside guarding the coffins of those first 13 destructoids. It's Gray Rhino King, Green Mantis, Orange Ant, Blue Buffalo, Yellow Jaguar, Black Horse, Blues Kong, Carmine Spider, Red Condor, Cesare, Scorpion Brown, Rufu Goldu, Rufuwa, Gold Wolf. Goldu, Rufuwa. <laughs> Silver Cat and Pink Tiger. Professor Gill calls out to his quote-unquote departed heroes of Dark and tells them all now to rise. Resurrected with three times their former strength. The reborn Destructoids are eager to test out their new power, but they are quickly introduced to Silver Tortoise, who has five times their strength. And I, I was also just going to comment that According to the Kakaida wiki, they they say that Silver Tortoise does appear in the Kakaida manga. And since I've read the Kakaida manga, I don't know that I think that's true. I I mean, I can see similarities, but like the actual like tortoise character and like turtle shell, I don't think ever appears in the manga. Like what does sort of show up is there's, there's an instance where there's this kind of like the same way that silver tortoise, like as a turtle shell, like spins around like Gamera and shoots out a bunch of crap. Like there is this kind of flying saucer and it looks more like a, like a clam than a turtle shell to me at least in the manga and there's never any instance of it turning into anything else there's never any follow-up on that so i i don't know like that to me it looks more like like it's got like a it, it's like a clamshell and then there's like a glowing pearl inside of it in the manga but i figured i'd just mention that because i i know i'm i'm trying to when when these kind of manga connections come up i'm trying to elaborate on them but i think the further we get into this and the further we get outside of these first 13 dark destructoids I, i'm pretty sure there's going to be less and less manga tie-in with the tokusatsu series but like i guess just just asking like like what do you think of of silver tortoise and i mean i, I i'm assuming it's pretty obvious but i mean it, this reminds you of gamera right like i'm not just kind of oh, yeah. making it up right okay yeah like i i thought it was funny you me you even mentioned that like at the very beginning because that was my thought i was like is this gamera i was like oh i think dia studio is gonna sue somebody because <laughs> like that that was pretty it was pretty close there. His turtle form, I think, is pretty cool. Like, it's... I guess it has to be, like, different enough to not, like, look more turtle-like to avoid looking more like Gamera. It's a little... It's a little simplified and cartoony, but I do like it. But, yeah, it's kind of... It's kind of neat to see yet another turtle flying around and shooting, like, stuff out of his orifices, yeah, I guess. Yeah, like, you yeah, know, yeah. like, where his limbs should shoot out. I'm yeah, just yeah. like, oh, man, like... Uh, only you, Japan. Only you. Well, I mean, <laughs> and I guess, I guess, basically, in his his full form, right? Like he's got these kind of like almost 
lobster-like claws, and he's got like yeah. spikes coming out of his arms and everything. So, so you know, it's not it's not like he looks you know a hundred percent like camera or a hundred percent like any kind of you know he doesn't look like a teenage mutant ninja turtle either right like <laughs> like like he, he he looks a little more dangerous and 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 a little more i guess amalgamated with other dangerous animals so it's not just strictly speaking a you know it, it's not just uh you know the slow and steady tortoise who wins the race against the hare it's like the slow and steady tortoise that has like lobster claws that can you know <laughs> impale the hare right like before he wins the race and he's got the spikes and he's got that like you know fart of doom or whatever that he unleashes on the <laughs> the cops and and uh, which apparently does not i don't know that that's something i was going to ask about like to me like like it's like hattori doesn't it's not fatal to Hattori handpay and they, they don't really stay on the police long enough for you to determine whether it's fatal or not. But I, I kind of was just assuming with these kind of hardcore, you know, seventies Ultraman and all this, you know, that they, uh, I, I guess I'm in an Ultraman Leo state of mind or whatever. Cause I was like, Oh man, I bet you've been cops or after the, uh, after he farted on him, like that, that gas was lethal, right? Like these, those guys are all dead. Cause you never hear from them again. You never see them again. So my assumption is they, they all died, but then, you know, Hitori for some reason, you know, does not perish when, when he is exposed to the gas. That has to make out for, like, interesting paperwork, like, cause of death, um, farted on by giant <laughs> flying turtle. <laughs> okay. The gods wanted us to have dignity. They wouldn't make us fart when we died. We fart when we die. My blessed mother I was holding her hand when she left this world. She farted so hard, the old bed shook. I meant to go back and pause it, but during those scenes where Silver Tortoise is, like, rolling on the ground, I'm pretty sure that's just a tire, like, with the hole patched up and painted silver. Mm, yeah, yeah. I don't know, like, did you, did you notice that? Well, that, that's interesting, too, because it, it's not, strictly speaking, something that a tortoise would do. It, it's almost like he's yeah. part... He's part what, like dung beetle or something, you know, or whatever. Like, like it, it, it looked very much like, you know, the notion that he he turns into like a roly poly or something, and like, you know, yeah. kind of like what you're describing. Like he's this, you know, green turtley looking tire that that rolls off or whatever. And and I I was kind of you know I was kind of surprised because I mean I've I've seen this before, but it's been a while, and and it's one of those things where you think about it. It's like this is. This is the culmination of of what they were calling like the 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 mini season or whatever, right? Like that it's it's the culmination of these thirteen episodes. So they made it something of an event, and and you know, like it says in the the factoid, it would make a lot more sense if all thirteen of the destructoids ganged up on Kakaida because that would be a pretty heinous thing for him to have to face. And I I find it kind of funny that 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 doesn't exactly seem to be the direction they go in that like it's like why go to all the trouble to resurrect these guys only to have them test their metal against your latest model like what's i i don't know that seems yeah kind of counterintuitive like i i i don't know that i understand that plan there i don't know if you noticed this but like when professor gill was doing his whole stick like there was a moment of like i don't know five or eight seconds where the camera was on him but he wasn't saying anything i was just like 
did of like what's going on like he's just looking into the camera he's not saying anything there's nothing else going on i was like that's kind of weird like did they for was he like struggling to like you know remember his line or did someone leave the camera running like what were we supposed to infer or like i don't know did you notice that maybe he's like the japanese marlon brando and they hadn't gotten his japanese cue cards up yet like oh, who okay. was waiting on him i don't i yeah i don't know like i i i mean some something like that like it, it's almost like i mean i don't know it, it, it could that have been a choice too like like that 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 they're on like i don't know hollowed destructoid burial ground or something like that there's some there's some sense of of you know that he's trying to be solemn in in the face of this resurrection. I I don't know. I mean I mean okay. yeah, yeah I mean I, I I'm I'm reaching right. Like I don't I don't know what the answer is. You know it's like I I I can see your theory. You know that that he just like was searching for some lines and they left the camera running and they just you know basically he still played it off in character so they figured ah we could still use this footage like i i can believe that that seems believable to me but then you know also i mean if i was trying to find a way to make it work or be reasonable within the context of the story that that's kind of the direction i would probably go in that there's 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 some sense of i don't know honoring the because he calls them heroes right like uh-huh. he, i mean so there there is the sense that he you know, e- even though they've all, you know, essentially died in the line of duty, like there, there is at least some semblance of respect and appreciation for their sacrifice. So, I mean, I, I, I mean, as ridiculous as it is for a bunch of guys in rubber suits, you know, like they, they sacrificed, right? So, so you're like, okay, well, maybe, you know, may, maybe that's that was the approach to to have Professor Gill treated as as somber and seriously as he possibly could. And, and, and when you're in that scenario, a lot of times the way you treat something seriously is with a moment of silence. Right. So, so maybe, uh, you know, okay. it's, it's a reach, but, but maybe, maybe that's the, that would be my no prize explanation of, of, of why that went down the way it went down. Like it, it made me think of like dark shadows because like that, that series is full of stuff like that because just the way it was filmed, Mm. like you, you often see actors like go up on camera and forget their lines. And you, usually you can tell because like, they're just like, they're in the middle of some monologue and then it's just like, Oh shit. I don't, I don't know (laughs) what, where, where am I in this giant monologue? You can tell on camera. They're just like, Oh shit. He didn't have a Oh shit. Look on his face. Yeah. Well, you, you've never fucking lived until you've flubbed a fucking (laughs) line on stage in front of a live audience or or screwed something up. I, I remember things where it's like, it's like, it's like surfing or something. And you're trying to find like the next wave to jump back onto. So you find your footing and stuff. And, and I mean, I remember things like, like where people would, sometimes there'd be things where like you'd end up skipping like you know three or four pages and then you'd Hmm. somehow find your way to back to work your way back into those pages and then jump ahead to where you left off i mean you you sort of have to be uh, i mean you have to know the script backwards and forwards and realize your mistake in the middle of it because sometimes like when stuff like that happens i mean it's probably not a big deal if there's only like two people on stage but then if if what you skipped was like somebody's entrance or Uh other other 
you know, potential characters that are going to be introduced. It's like somehow you, you try to, you know, maybe find your way back to those things. But yeah, I mean, that's, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I can't think of a specific, you know, it's been so long, like I can't think of a specific play and or instance or whatever, but I mean, there, there were always things like that that would happen or you know i don't know sometimes i i I probably would get like super arrogant about things because like there'd be shows that i worked on where we would rehearse the same scene over and over and over again and it's like we i remember we rehearsed this one scene so many times i knew the other two people's lines and i was getting mad because I knew their lines because we had done it so many times and like they didn't know their lines. Do you know what I mean? So I, I think at some point I was like, you say fucking this, he says fucking this, you say fucking this, and then I come in with the fucking bed. Like what is so fucking hard about that? But you know, sometimes, sometimes that's, 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 that's how it goes. You know? After the success of Common Rider, it became a tradition that when a new series was picked up for a second or third core, Toei would produce a similar special episode. This special episode would feature the revival of all previous enemy monsters against the lone hero in a sort of mutant battle royale. Such episodes were not the rule of thumb for every show, including Inazuman and Kakaida 01, but did occur in episode 13 of Superhuman Baram 1 and episode 14 of Transforming Ninja Arashi. Producer Hirayama came up with the idea that such monster melees would be a great attraction for the theatrical featurettes showcased in Toei's seasonal Manga Matsuri roadshows. The event films that resulted include Kamen Rider vs. Shocker, Kakaida the 3D Movie, Kamen Rider V3 versus Destron Mutants, the Five Riders versus King Dark, and more. Yeah, that's cool. I don't, I don't think I, I realized that when, when I was doing this. Like, I, I mean, I, I knew, like, I've seen Inazuman, I've seen Kakaida Zero One. I don't think I've seen some of the other shows that are listed here, other than like the, you know, now that you've, you guys have exposed me to more common writer stuff. Like, I've seen more like, you know, V3 and and some of the original Common Rider and everything. So I, I recognize some of the movie titles, but I may not have seen all the movies and everything. But but that makes sense that it would be a marquee attraction. You get more more bang for your buck, right? Like you get more monsters than just, you know, one, right? I, I would also say it's a good way to like save on your budget. Like instead of having to create a new monster for next week, you can be like, uh, let's just do an episode where we bring back two old monsters mm. that died and you know, that'll save us a little bit of money. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 that sounds good. So with, with the permission of Professor Gill, Silver Tortoise tests his metal against his senpai. Meanwhile, Hattori Hanpei stumbles upon the battle royale between Silver Tortoise and the Dark Destructoids. Cessary Brown is the first to fall to the might of Silver Tortoise, exploding in a blaze of glory. Then, followed by Red Condor, and when Silver Tortoise performs his bowling ball attack, spinning around like Gamera, firing off a slew of fireworks, the rest also fall. Satisfied that Silver Tortoise has proven his strength, Professor Gill orders him to go after Kikaida. Although Hattori Hanpei is frightened out of his wits, his first thought is to warn Jiro of Silver Tortoise's pending attack. And I, I think this part gets to the heart of the matter. I'm like, what is the point of resurrecting 
Scorpion Brown and Red Condor if Silver Tortoise is just going to blow them the fuck back up and kill them again. Like, that I I didn't understand. Yeah, and especially if they're three times stronger than they originally were, it's like they're still chumps like yeah it's like, it does, yeah, it yeah, yeah it's like it's like it doesn't matter that krillin got a power up because this freezes gold frieza you know like or whatever <laughs> like it's like okay yeah i don't know i don't know yeah the idea of introducing these significantly stronger new Dark District toys was that of writer Shuke Hideka Nagasake, one of the unsung behind-the-scenes heroes in the making of Kakaida. Nagasaka entered the world of filmmaking as a member of Toho Studios' cinematography department, where he worked on Akira Kurosawa's Yojimbo. In 1966, he won the prestigious NHK Scenario Concours and became a freelance screenwriter. Nagasaka has contributed teleplay for popular television series such as Submersion of Japan and Special Investigation Frontline. Besides his work on Kikaida and Kakaida 01, he helped to shape other popular Toei superhero series including Akumaizu 3 and Vigilante Zubato, as well as write scripts for radio dramas such as Miyamoto Musashi. Nagasaka was one of the people responsible in the creation of Kakaida's evil brother, Hakaida, who we will never ever see, or when we do see, <laughs> will be old and gray. We'll, we'll get there. We'll, we'll get there. <laughs> Uh, who knows? When are we going to get to the fireworks factory? <laughs> that is <laughs> mm. So, Professor Gill orders Green Mantis, Black Horse, and Orange Ant to assist Silver Tortoise in his battle against Kikaida. Green Mantis uses his transformation circuit to become Professor Kamoji. Black Horse becomes Masaru, and finally, Orange Ant becomes Masuko. In these forms, they plan to lure Jiro out. So, so again, this is like one of those like creepy moments where the the monster turns into a human, but you kind of tell because they they really glom on the black eye shadow and everything, and and make them look kind of pale and and you know basically as inhuman as they can make these human actors look, you know, to give you uh, to clue you in that they're not the really for reals you know, supporting cast that you know and love, essentially. The voices of the revived Dark District toys were performed by completely different voice actors than in their original appearances. Perhaps Professor Guild mixed up some of the parts that were picked up in Kakaida's wake? <laughs> that sounds a reasonable explanation to me. Yeah, I, I guess all those those uh, clock parts, you know, that, that screws up their bumblebee bleep bloop voice box or whatever. Like, <laughs> I think that's, that's how that works, yeah. right? Yeah. So Silver Tortoise and the Dark Destructoid Foot Soldiers attack a nearby school, but before they can do any damage, we can hear the cherry red Guitar of Justice playing melodically in the background. High atop a nearby building, Jiro plays until he stops calling out his new foal, Silver Tortoise, for attacking innocent school children. Jiro pensions into Kakaida and takes out the foot soldiers fairly quickly. Then he heads after Silver Tortoise in the sidecar as they both go airborne. And he does like the little loop-de-loop. And we are at a commercial break, so it's like... Hi, I'm 
Ruth. And I'm Darren of the Rad Adventures Network. We're a married couple who enjoy great stories of all kinds, including adventures, mysteries, science fiction, and fantasy. Please join us for a variety of podcasts focused on a range of pop culture topics. Trekker Talk is about 23rd century bounty hunter Mercy St. Clair from the comic Trekker by writer and artist Ron Randall. It's a blend of classic sci-fi adventures and noir mysteries set in a retro future. Xenozoic Xenophiles is about the comic Xenozoic Tales by writer and artist Mark Schultz. It's a post-apocalyptic adventure series filled with Cadillacs and dinosaurs. Warlord Worlds covers the many comics of writer and artist Mike Grell, including The Warlord, John Sable, Green Arrow, and The Legion of Superheroes. Sensational Sluice, where we talk about favorite mystery novels, movies, and TV shows. Fantastic Fantasies, where we share our favorite fantasy films and books. And Amazing Adventures, where we discuss action-packed adventure stories. Listen on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Or visit RadAdventuresNetwork.com to find all of our shows and links to our social media pages. That's Rad, R-A-D, which is short for Ruth and Darren. And then we're back from the commercial break. Hattori Hanpei is desperate to find and warn Jiro. When he encounters Masaru and Mitsuko, he fails to realize that they are in fact the very imposters he intends to warn Jiro about. Hattori then faints in terror. Meanwhile, Jiro in the sidecar stumbles upon the fake Komoji being attacked by the Dark Agents. The fake quickly grabs Jiro's arm and transforms back into Green Mantis. Then we get Professor Gill playing that damnable flute, the devil flute, telling Jiro to suffer for his human emotions while we, the audience, have ears that suffer from the goddamn flute music. Jiro wants Masuko and Masaru away as he might end up killing them with the music from the devil flute. However, these are the imposters, and they transform into Orange Ant and Black Horse, respectively. After the trio take Jiro's wallet for a little bit, Orange Ant buries Jiro alive. But luckily, burying Jiro alive also blocks the shitty devil flute noise, and Jiro can transform 3, 2, 1, change into Kakaida. Okay, so I felt really bad for you during this scene because the, the devil flute music goes on forever. Like, this is the longest <laughs> it's ever went on. And I was like, man, Derek must be tearing his hair out by this point. This is this is clearly that 13th episode. You know it's serious business the, the longer the devil flute music plays in the background. Right? Yeah. So what do you – well, I mean, th- this, is, this is a fairly reasonable explanation of – why the devil flute music is is muted out right like this is this is pretty clear it's not like one of those random things where like you know i don't know he he sticks his head into a honeycomb for a minute and then you know and then it's fine or whatever it's like it's like this actually kind of makes sense yeah for like a minute like there's that little creek out in front of them when they're fighting like i thought okay he's gonna stick his head underwater and that's gonna block it and i was like oh, this is a lot better than just sticking your head in the creek like being buried alive i was like yeah that'll do it and then it did it. So, yeah. The footage of the individual duels between Kakaida and Black Horse, Orange Ant, and Green Mantis 
are stock footage from the original respective episodes 2, 3, and 6. Yeah, so kind of like the factoid says, we, we, we are treated to somewhat of a clip show with Kakaida attacking Green Mantis, Orange Ant, and Black Horse. And there is, of course, new footage from Silver Tortoise. Like, it's, I mean, not all of it is is entirely clippy, but you can kind of tell, like, once it just cuts to an individual shot with with just, like, Green Mantis and Kakaida, then you're like, oh yeah, this is, this is from episode two, and this is from three and six, or whatnot. Orange Ant, of course, is the first to fall to the stock footage attack, followed by Green Mantis and Black Horse. And of course, kind of like what you were saying, like this is this is an effective way to to budget your series, right? Because mm-hmm. they they didn't have to, you know, destroy uh, three other suits, or you know, or, or destroy, you know, do do the the pyrotechnic special effect or whatever. They they had that finisher footage already and you know given the way tv shows were distributed it's not you know there, there might be a good chance maybe some kids hadn't seen episode two three or six and yeah. and and it would have been you know something new and cool to them anyway and even if even if you have i mean it, it's it's pretty well put together i mean you can kind of tell when it's the previous footage but i mean it makes sense in the context of the story the silver tortoise suit was recycled in the production of Kakaida 01 and was adorned with horns and painted a deep red as crimson-faced tortoise. The sublime silver tortoise was essayed by the Mishima Kenjaki's Yukio Mihashi. So we pretty much wrap up with silver tortoise attacking Kakaida with his silver tortoise scissors, bowling ball attack, pineapple bombs, but... Kakaida unleashes his giant swing, and Silver Tortoise has essentially fallen, and he can't get up. Kakaida then uses his finisher, the end, and destroys Silver Tortoise for good. Jiro then rides off on his own, in the sidecar, on his endless quest to find happiness. And that is the official end of the episode destructoids reborn silver tortoise this worked fine for me but i don't i don't know they 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 built up silver tortoise so much and then pretty much all it really took was a giant swing and 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 you know kind of the same the end like it usually would and and if if they hadn't told you that he was five times as strong as all the other ones then it probably I don't know that I'd be sitting here, you know, kind of questioning it, but it's like you 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 kind of hope that there would have been something something more to do. I mean, I I guess I like the idea of the the three destructoids like teaming up on Jiro, you know, like like kind of, you know, doing a three on one type thing. Like that seemed like a cool idea or even if it was, you know, the with with Silver Tortoise leading them, you know, like, and then and then all of them kind of trying to attack him and stuff. But I, I think the promise of this episode was probably cooler than than the actual delivery. Yeah, like when I was watching this, I thought, oh man, is this going to be a two parter? Because you know he has Silver Tortoise he has to fight, and then he's got those three other guys who are still running around. So I was thinking, okay, he'll beat the three guys. And then, you know, the next episode, it will be him confronting Silver Tortoise, and it'll be, you know, it'll be something because he's even stronger than the other guys. But that didn't happen. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I think the coolest part in this is when, when they bury Daisuke Ban alive, like where they, <laughs> yeah. he's got all the dirt like piling on him and he's kind of like screaming out in his little helmet and everything. Like that's, that's a pretty cool scene. I think that's, that's something that you, you put on like a comic cover or something. It's like, will Jiro survive? You know, like open the cover to find out or something like it's, it's a pretty cool moment. I, I think that, Black Horse still kind of cracks me up in this, you know, like seeing the little eye holes in the neck yeah. and everything. And him, you, you could tell like somebody's, somebody's like doing the walk stare or whatever he does. Like he's kind of, you know, trying to be tough and check people out. But, you know, I, I don't know. It's still that the way that, that head kind of flops about because it, it, there's no real head stabilizing the horse head. And like that still kind of cracks me up. A scene that I liked in this episode was at the very beginning where, Masaru and Mitsuko were kind of just, you know, wondering aloud, like, is this our life now? Like, yeah, when are we ever yeah. going to find our dad? I was like, oh, that's really nice. Like, I, I like little scenes like that in this series. I, I thought it was cool that Masaru's the one that, like, steps up and is like, hey, yeah. don't, you know, don't cry. Like, like, like you're the big is, sister. Yeah, don't yeah, cry. Yeah, you're, you're, you're supposed to be the one telling me not to cry. Yeah. And, and, and he actually kind of turns it around on her. And, like, I thought that was a cool bit. Like, I, I like, you know, I, I know frequently the little kids in, in these properties get lambasted. You know, the, the what is it, the Kennys of, of, uh, yeah. of, of Tokusatsu or whatever get lambasted frequently. But I think, I think Masaru's good with me, man. Like I, 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 I have no qualms with him. Like he, he, he shows some, some good gumption and, and, and I, I like the way he, he handled himself in this episode. Yeah. I would have liked to saw, saw more of the uh, revived destructoids, especially like, you know, pink cat and Gorudu Urufu Wa. But, we didn't get to see much more of them. Yeah, they they kind of they kind of go on vacation after they get resurrected or something. Yeah, when this episode started up and it was like all the coffins of these guys, I was like, "It's all our old friends, Derek. Like these guys have died. Like we're gonna see them again." <laughs> it's like it's like that issue. Well, you you probably haven't read it, but I'm like, it's like that issue of Punisher where I think like all the villains that like Scourge had killed in Captain America, they all start getting like resurrected by uh i think like the hood when he made a deal with dormammu or i don't know so, some weirdness like that and they, and so the hood i think sends all these resurrected scourge killed villains after the punisher and that's kind of what those coffins reminded me of like just this kind of creepy instance of of you know like i mean i i guess that's the aspect that like you know, uh, it makes me think of like Tony getting freaked out about all the occult stuff in Common Rider Shin. Like there is that <laughs> that weird occult aspect to uh -huh. like they're 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 performing. I mean, it, it's within the context of a kid tokusatsu show, so it doesn't really delve into it at all. But I mean, for all intents and purposes, they're they're performing black arts, right? <laughs> like to, to resurrect these. I mean, I I mean, un unless you want to come at it from the perspective that they're all just androids and they were simply rebuilt but then there's a lot of theatrics involved with rebuilding androids then because they if they rebuilt the androids and they made them three times stronger and then they decided to stick them in coffins first and then arise out of the coffins like that's that's kind of crazy right like so i don't i i mean whichever interpretation you go with it's either they're 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 doing some kind of black magic to to resurrect the 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 souls or the essences of these 
dark destructoids or they, they are simply destructive androids and and they can easily be rebuilt but then you know there's that that's essentially all they would be doing and then that would mean the opening sequence is just a bunch of pomp and circumstance maybe before he became evil professor gill had a background in theater that's that's entirely possible. Maybe maybe that's why he was taking the the pregnant yeah. pause before before you know he's he's making everybody pause feel for it. effect. That that's oh. that's part of the the yeah. the theatrical setup with the resurrection. He's gotta he's gotta take that beat. That's that's usually if you're in the script, you see in parentheses or in italics beat. That means you you, you take a moment. You actually change your train of thought and move on. But yeah, the. Um, I don't know, man. Like the I've fallen and I can't get up, silver tortoise. That that was pretty disappointing. I mean, I mean, I guess it makes sense because that's, I mean, that's how a tortoise would be undone in real life. But it's kind of funny that this this guy. It's like, oh, you're five times more powerful than any other android agent ever. But if we get you on your back, you're fucked. You know, like like that seems like a pretty. Uh, that, that's like one of those like Death Star level weaknesses where you're like, wait, there's a. If you if you shoot a photon torpedo down this one place, then then the whole station explodes. Like really? Like okay. And of course, I'm always bugged when when Jiro rides off into the sunset without Masaru or Mitsuko in the sidecar. Because isn't that what the sidecar is fucking for? But you know whatever. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, overall, it's 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 fairly enjoyable with with somewhat of a, a disappointing execution. Like, I mean, it's entertaining. I it, it is fun to see some of the the you know old favorite monsters, you know, destructoids make their little comeback and everything. I like the idea of them all coming out of the woodwork to team up on Jiro. Unfortunately, that it's not quite fully realized but other than that i mean i i appreciate what they were attempting even though they they sort of missed the mark a little bit it's done it's finished done finished all right well i think this is going to wrap up tonight's episode of toku thursdays if you guys have any other comments questions and or concerns you can reach us at fanholespodcast at gmail.com if you want to check out the backlog of episodes of Toku Thursdays, go over to fanholespodcast.blogspot.com. You can find all the backlog of episodes of Toku Thursdays, and we've got all kinds of other spin-off shows there for you to check out. We're on all kinds of social media. We're on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We appreciate all the likes, hearts, reshares, tweets, etc. that we receive. And until the next time, this is going to be Derek, Derek WC. Giant swinging off! And this is Justin. Go, go, go!
Speaking of Punisher, I did read the Wolverine stuff, and I read um, the Punisher G Force, where he's like in space at the very end. Oh, awesome! But yeah, I, I like the um, what was it? The Confederacy of Dunces. Dunces. That's <laughs> that fucking was awesome. Good. Yeah, that's yeah. like the greatest. Like he <laughs> shot Wolverine in the balls with a shotgun. Yeah, yeah, that's fucking <laughs> rad. Yeah. Yeah. I love all that stuff. But I, I just like how he's treated like a complete moron, and he sounds like one whenever <laughs> yeah, he's he like, talks. Oh, the old knucklehead! Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know about this, but the old knucklehead. Thanks. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, and that's the uh, the origin of the what train too. I love that. <laughs> where he's like, "Did you know, sir? You're you're going in the wrong direction." What? <laughs> yeah, those are like I said, those those were some of my my favorite Punisher stories. Period. 